and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I am Matt. I'm Ashley. And we're joined today with a new guest. First time on the show, it's Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. I've been looking forward to this. I'm excited to talk about uh, talk about some Vincent Price. I'm always down to talk about him. <laughs> Same here. Um, just for, for long-term listeners, Ryan, this Ryan, it's not to be confused <laughs> with the two other Ryans we've had in the show, this is a brand new Ryan. Uh, you can actually find him online. He's on Twitter slash X at RyanCam20, so it's RyanCam20. Uh, same handle on YouTube. He's got, got his own YouTube channel where he talks about film. Um, so yeah, we're happy to have Ryan on the show. And as he alluded to, uh, today's episode uh, in our 13 Days of Halloween series is going to star Vincent Price, and it's the 1953 film House of Wax. Yeah, so House of Wax um, stars Vincent Price as Henry. He's a wax sculptor. And at the beginning of the movie, he has a wax museum, and he owns it with a, a business partner. And his business partner decides he wants the insurance money, so he burns up the wax museum. And they kind of have a fight, and the business partner leaves Vincent Price for dead in the burning wax museum. And several years later, um, somehow, miraculously, he has survived and opened a new wax museum. Um, his, the wax figures in this new museum look suspiciously like recently dead or murdered people whose bodies have been stolen from the morgue. Um, and this raises some suspicions. So that's kind of the, the setup for this movie. Um, Ryan, what did you think of this movie? You know, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I've seen it a couple of times now. It is, it's very good. It's, um, it's a movie that in some cases, because it was, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but it was released in 3D, and that's the only part of the movie that has really aged the worst. <laughs> but uh, outside of that, it's an incredibly well-made movie. I am a big fan of Vincent Price. Like, he's just a legend of horror. Like, he's known for more than just being the guy who does the monologue in the Thriller music video. He had a long <laughs> career, <laughs> and this, this is, a, like... I have a general rule if Vincent Price is in it, he usually makes it better. Like with the original The Fly, not the David Cronenberg one, the one from the late 50s. Uh, he, he also starred in House, of, House on Haunted Hill, the original one. He's great in that. And he makes it work here. And I love when this movie kind of inverts. It inverts the third and the first act because in the third act, the wax museum burns down. Usually that would be safe for the end, but not here. It's literally the falling out of the partners, the fight, and then the fire. And usually that would be safe for the end, right? And it's a slow build, but no, it's literally like the, the business partner's like, you know, we could probably get a lot of insurance money from this place. And Vincent Price is like, no, I won't let you do it, and I'll kill you if you try. And then they have a fight, and then the whole big museum just burns to the ground and that's in the first 15 minutes. It's just, I can't imagine what it must have been like to see that in the theater at the time, but it must have been crazy. <clears throat> I was actually reading about that uh, after re watching the movie that was, was the most recent time. Apparently, I think they did that scene toward the end of production um, because they just wanted to reuse. Um, they, did, well, they wanted to reuse mannequins. So a lot of the mannequins are in his what we see as a first part of the movie are the ones in his second museum. And uh, apparently the fire that the, the crew made got out of control and um, like emergency services had to come. But 
I mean, they had a limited budget and they didn't want to redo mannequins. So they basically kept filming for as long as they could um, <laughs> before the whole place just went up in smoke. Um, you know, so Ashley and I, you know, we watched this movie in preparation for this podcast. I think it was my second or third time mm-hmm. seeing it. And I like this movie more every time I, I watch it. I mean, I enjoyed it the first time. But I was just noticing this most recent viewing. It's really well structured. Um, and what I mean by that is, I mean, there are some movies you watch and maybe they take a long time to get going. Maybe uh, and maybe toward the back they're really good. Or some movies start out really promisingly and then they fall apart or so on and so forth. This movie, like, I think this is well paced. Uh, it kind of it kicks off that that. that you know, that scene that, you know, Ryan was describing with the the fire at that first wax museum. I mean, that's very um, harrowing, you know. Um, and then afterward, when you see Vincent Price has returned, but he's disfigured and he basically dresses like uh, the old shadow figure from the 30s and 40s. Um, he's lurking around, stalking people. I mean, that's that grips your attention. And then the movie just goes on and on, in my opinion, with interesting um, scenes, interesting set pieces. And I just think it's, it's in, in the police in this, they build, uh, I don't know if they build a case, but like they, they put the one plus one with them equals two and then so on and so forth. So everything kind of comes together well. And, uh, you don't always see that, um, in movies, whether they're older movies or, or, or newer movies. Yeah, that's interesting to hear the story about the the fire. Because as we were watching it this time, I was like, wow, these are some really impressive pyrotechnic effects. But apparently they were a little too impressive. It, it burned a hole in the roof of the studio. So yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Um, I like this movie a lot, too. I think it, I've seen it at least twice now. Um, I think it does a really good job of creating kind of a spooky atmosphere. It's kind of a simplistic story. So to me, the pleasure I get out of it is just the sets and the the spooky atmosphere that it creates. I like the setting. I I think it's in New York around the 1900, around that time. Mm -hmm. Um, So it really uses that time period well. You get, you know, shadowy alleyways and... um, and the wax museum, I think wax museums are in general are rather spooky. So, um, you know, any, any movie that's set in a wax museum already has some, some points going for it. Um, and we like wax museums in real life. So this movie is like a real favorite of ours. I think yeah. if we're ever traveling and there's a wax <laughs> museum nearby, I, I am there. Yeah. yeah. So Ryan, what about you? Like, um, I know you, you, you were big up in Vincent Price earlier and, how do you think this falls into his repertoire of, you know, of, I guess, horror films? Uh, it definitely files under more of, I think, like Vincent Price doing Vincent Price things. But he was <laughs> so charismatic. He was so charismatic in his day. And he just, like I said, he just made automatically everything better. And there's a mystery element to the movie that I really do appreciate because as soon as the business partner collects the insurance money. All of a sudden we see this disfigured man wandering the streets and you think, Oh, well that's clearly Henry Jared, the Vincent Price character, but mm-hmm. Oh, well, no, not quite. At least <laughs> not yet. That's actually uh, a very, very, very young Charles Bronson. He was billed in this movie as Charles Bukinski. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. But before death wish and before all of that, Charles Bronson was in this movie. As uh, as Vincent Price's uh, henchman, I guess you can call him. 
Yeah. So there's a solid mystery at the heart of this as well. Yeah. Um, so going back to you, you brought up how this was in 3D. What, so what, uh, what is your view of the 3D usage in this movie? Because I know you said it, you thought it dated a film somewhat. Yeah, it, it's not the best, especially there's this one scene that sticks out in my mind where this where this where this guy on the street is like has this ping this ball on a string. I think it's like a ping pong kind of thing, and he's like, "All right, folks, I'm going to aim for the crowd now." And he turns and like the balls like going at the screen and like. Watch out! Watch your popcorn, ma'am. I'm aiming for that and not your tonsils. I'm just like, <laughs> come on! Like, really? I'm sure it must have been impressive in the in the fifties, but nowadays it just, I don't know. It just, it doesn't really work for me. It, it kind of, it kind of reminded me of like in 2010 where every movie was in 3D, like, and the only ones that did it well were Avatar and Tron Legacy. The rest of them you look at and you go, you're just trying to get a little more money from this, aren't you? Yeah. Well, I was also reading about this too. That the, the director Andre de Toth, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, didn't really get 3D. Uh, and and I guess on the set when they were filming, they had to do you know they had special cameras and they had to do certain things was, like with the ping pong scene and film that a certain way. And it, I guess the whole time he was just like, "Why are we doing this? I don't understand." <laughs> um, so when you're your own director of the movie is not into it, I think that makes a difference. Um, it's funny. Uh, Phil, so Phyllis Kirk. So, you know, this is interesting. So, you know, the opening credits are there. And again, I've seen this movie three times, but it's been long enough between viewings that I forget who's in it, aside from Vincent Price. Uh, I even forgot Charles Bronson is in it. But um, I saw Carolyn Jones's name pop up. And it's fairly prominently in the opening credits. And, I mean, most people know Carolyn Jones, if they know her at all nowadays, as Morticia Adams from the 1960s Adams Family Show. And I'm like, oh, cool. Carolyn Jones is in it. And... When all said and done, Carolyn Jones is like kind of barely in this movie. Uh, she, it's really um, Phyllis Kirk who is the main lead. And it's funny. I'm not fairly familiar with her, but she reminded me of Vera Miles. And again, later on when I was reading, Vera Miles is one of the people considered for that role. So I guess that makes sense. Interesting. Um, yeah, I thought the performances in. Aside from Vincent Price, the performance words were just fine. Um, I think Vincent Price always brings something extra. And I was surprised at how kind of sympathetic he is in the, in the, in the first part of the movie. Um, you know, when he's this, um, wax sculptor just wanting to make his art and, and just trying to get funding to do what he wants to do. And I found him to be very sympathetic. And, you know, of course, his, his demeanor changes over the course of the film. And he, so he, he's really able to be both sympathetic and kind of sinister in, in one role. And I thought he did a good job. Um, I really like the color of this movie, a really deep, um, kind of saturated color. Um, the 3d effects. Yeah. They're gimmicky. Um, but I don't think they detract too much from the enjoyment of the film. Um, I'd be kind of curious to see it in 3d just to see if there's any, anything beyond the gimmicks um, to be gained. But um, as it is, I don't think um, it detracts from the movie at all. Um, It's it's more of like a, it's more of like a novelty. Like you look at it and you go, Oh, that, that, that must've been nice. You know, seeing the people with the red and the blue and the, and the glasses and all of that. So it's, it's nice looking at it and like go, Oh, that, (laughs) that must've been interesting back in the day. But uh, yeah, hasn't aged the best, but it doesn't like, it's more silly to me than anything, if that makes any sense at all. No, it does. It does. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I think this is, this is one of the better, um, you know, so before we started recording, uh, Ryan, you were telling us about how you like horror films from the thirties, forties and fifties. And I was just thinking to me, this is one of, I guess I would say this is one of the better ones, not that to put down the others, but, um, there is a certain, there's just a certain, um, how do I describe it? I, I thought this when I was watching it again, but I don't know it. Those, you know, thing, we always talk about how we live in a faster paced world now. And I, I, I feel, I, I feel that in my bones whenever I watch an older film <laughs> because they're older movies. They're interesting. They, they keep your, these keep my attention, but they're just a little bit, I don't know. There's a more of a deliberate pace to them that I, I, uh, things are slowed down a bit. I kind of, I kind of like that. I don't know if you see that as well, Ryan. No, no, I agree with you. It, it really, it, and, and another thing that I like about those older horror movies and not is that how short they are. Like I, I covered on my channel, the Raven starring Bela Lugosi and uh, Boris Karloff. That's based on the, on the legendary Edgar Allan Poe novel. It's very loosely based, but it is based on that, uh, on that poem the movie is an hour and one minute long. That would never happen today. Like at most like movies nowadays are an hour 45 and I'm not a stickler on run times. Like, like if you, if you need that to tell your story, fine, but just like, don't waste my time. I guess that's my point. But I like how in like poor movies in that era were so short. And I think that may have been a budgetary reason or that may have been a studio thing. I know Val Luton, a very famous horror producer, was given a rule it must be 75 minutes or under. So it like an hour and 15 minutes, that's your cap. And so there was none, there was not really a ton of like filler. There was always like a sense of we need to tell the story because we only have this certain amount of time. And this like this weekend, I don't know, I, I don't know when this is coming out, but we're getting Killers of the Flower Moon, which is three and a half hours. I'm yeah. sure that book's going to be good, but I'm just sitting there like, hmm. <laughs> and I don't hate longer movies, but at the same time, I'm like, couldn't it just I don't know. So I appreciate the fact that they kept they kept it simple like that, and they just they got to the point. No, I agree. I mean, and I I I like horror films and I, I kind of like them from almost every decade and one of the things I like about horror at least a lot of older horror films is yeah they, they do not outstay their welcome uh, they, they they do what they need to do yeah. and they, they basically get in they, yeah they basically get in they establish the premise they do a few really good scares they have their third act and they leave so there's a there's like an, there's like a quickness to it Mm-hmm. And there are some horror movies that are like an hour 45 or close to two hours that I like just fine. But in that era, it was like, you got to keep it like capped at a certain amount of time or else forget it. So I, I respect that. <laughs> Have you seen the, I, I use the term loosely, remake of this that came out, I don't know, 10 some years ago. The, the, the I forget who was in it, but uh, I, oh, uh, Paris Hilton was in it, I think. Um, <laughs> Have you seen that? I have not. I've heard, I, I, I've heard mixed things at best, and I've heard some people some some people say it's really bad. So, I've been reticent to. I've been thinking of doing like an all remake like 
version of my series Scary Mania that I do every October where it's all horror remakes and I'm thinking of doing House of Wax so I think I'm going to watch it eventually mm-hmm. but there's a part of me that I see the poster I'm like mm, I don't think they get it <laughs> I watched it I think I don't think you did Ashley um, but it was one of our 13 Days of Halloween movies like two years ago um, I reviewed it with our friend Benny I can I can be honest with you I don't remember what score I gave it um, I remember it, to my opinion, it's not as good as this and most people don't really consider it to be much of a remake. It takes the name and there is a wax museum and there are a few similarities, but it's different, almost completely different story. That said, I mean, for a modern day horror movie, that's not quote unquote elevated horror. Uh, it's not terrible, uh, but it's, it's also, I think this is a, a better film. Um, yeah, there have been some crappy horror remakes. I'm sure we all can agree on that, but it <laughs> sounds like that one is not one of them. It's not crappy. Although I think people's mileage may vary. I know there's <laughs> some people there who hate it. I don't, I don't hate it, but yeah. Um, real quick too, you mentioned Charles Bronson is in this, you know, pre, pre death wish fame and everything. I just want to give a quick shout out to one of the character uh, actors playing the uh, police sergeant is Dabs Greer, who, 46 years later would uh, be in uh, the green mile. Um, and I think he played an old Tom Hanks elderly version of the Tom Hanks character. Uh, wow. So yeah, um, it's kind of cool seeing him. I like, I like seeing actors, uh, across time yeah. uh, like that. So yeah. Any final thoughts, either of you? Uh, I think this is a gem of that era because the 50s were a surprisingly diverse time for horror. You had your creature features and you had your like paranoid stuff like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. But then you also had stuff like this. And I feel (laughs) like we talk about the 80s a lot, but I think the 50s is a surprisingly like is a surprisingly varied time for horror. There was a lot of I. Uh, there was a lot of like new stuff being tried out that I do appreciate. And uh, this is based on a book of the same name, I think called the wax works or the wax museum. Let me, uh, let me look that up. I'm on the page, but, uh, but this was based on a book. It was called the wax works by Charles Bellman. So it's based on a book, but it's like I said, I think the fifties are kind of an underrated decade for horror because there was a lot of really good things like, in the wake of the atomic age, you had like Godzilla debut. You had the day the earth stood still. We had a lot of good sci-fi horror from Ray Harryhausen. I could go on, but just to keep, keep it short. Uh, I think the fifties are a really good decade. And I feel like house of wax is one of those ones that really, that really does hold up, but it inspired Tim Burton quite a bit. I don't know if you've ever seen, I don't know if you've ever seen this interview he gave for TNT's Monster Vision, where he talked about House of Wax. It's very surreal, so it's on par for Mr. Burton. But uh, <laughs> but it, it but I recommend you all check it out. It, it's quite good. He talks about it pretty in very glowing terms. It inspired him quite a bit. Interesting. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out. I know that he was fond of Vincent Price. That's how he got him into Edward Scissorhands. Cool. It's been, it's funny you mentioned. So you mentioned it was based on a book by Charles Belden. Yes. Interesting. So I noticed there was a 1933 film, Mystery of the Wax Museum, which was based, I think, on the same story by Charles Belden. Uh, I have not seen that, so I can't comment. Have you seen that? 
I have not. I do know of this movie, the, that particular movie's existence. I just have not. I just have not. Cool. Well, yeah. Um, so it's score time. So every episode we do, we um, give the movie a score from zero to ten. So what would you give this? Uh, I'd go eight out of ten. I I think, like I said, it's a very underrated gem of this era. The 3D and technical side of things, there are some that have been aged the best, but it's a solid mystery, and it it gets a really good recommendation from me. Awesome. Ashley? Uh, 7.5. 7.5. <laughs> I give it an 8. So our score is a 7.8. That is the 1953 House of Wax. Ryan, um, uh, thank you for joining us. been a great guest. And uh, again, for those folks who want to hear more from Ryan, um, you can go to his YouTube channel. It's RyanCam20. And also find him on Twitter at RyanCam20. And yeah, so thank you all again for listening. Thank you. Thank you.